Welcome to The Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's pick up where we left off. We're in the book of Genesis. That's at the very beginning of the Bible, very first book. And we're at chapter 34. So without further ado, let's begin. Uh, now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. So as let us know, some time has passed by because uh, now the daughter who were one of women rarely get mentioned by name um, as far as their lineage in the in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament. But um, generally speaking, it's more, uh, like I've said a thousand times, a patriarchal document where it focuses on what's happening with the fellows, not so much interest in the well-being of the women. Um, but in, they're mentioning the women, the woman now, and it's for a reason. She's got a bad, a tragic story attached to her. Let's read on. So Dinah's the daughter of Leah. That's the unloved sister of the two sisters who are married to the patriarch Jacob. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and violated her. So platforms can be so uh, sketchy about this topic here. But I mean, it describes exactly what you what it says. A certain type of assault, violent physical assault um, of a certain nature. So it lets you know that that's what's happened to her. The, she's gone to go sort of visit the city and uh, see what's happening. And in the process, she was attacked. Um, see, his soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young woman and spoke kindly to the young woman. So this is where you can see the patriarchy stepping in again and uh, characterizing what just happened, the violent nature and the horrible nature of it uh, as something that, oh, it's sort of justified because he really was attracted to her. He was really into her and uh, he was kind to her. He spoke kindly to her. So he might have took what he wanted, but at least he was nice to her after. He was a gentleman afterward, that sort of thing. Disgusting. But you see, that's what's described right here in the Bible. Churches never talk about it. Instead, they say that what happened to her, if she ends up getting pregnant from it, then she should be forced to have that baby. She should have no choice in that. She won't get any help with the baby after that, or she may get help with it um, if, if she's in the right place in time. But as far as the baby itself, should she really be forced to have that baby? Um, anyway, so it, we don't know if she's got a baby in this case, but let's keep reading. Um, they're taking up for it, it seems to me, by characterizing what he did to her by something that, I don't know, does that really make it okay that he's attracted to her? Why mention that? That he's strongly attracted to her and that he spoke kindly to her? Does that make it okay? Would that make it okay with the person who's written this and passed this message on to us if that happened to them them not just not just their mama sister daughter niece cousin none of that what if it happened to you would that be okay with you if some guy was strongly attracted to you and just took you and did what they wanted to do to you but then they speak kindly to you afterward because they're strongly attracted to you would that even matter and yet it shows you how times change and norms and morals change, mores change. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamor saying, get me this young woman as a wife. 
So he's already took what he wanted from her. Now he wants her to be his wife. So it lets you know again how women are valued at this point uh, or seen at this point, not necessarily, not just by uh, the people in their own culture, but by society in general, because they're not of the same people. Um, and yet you see how she's being treated and valued. Uh, let's see how her family reacts. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter. Now his sons were with his livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came. So word's gotten back to him. He heard it through the grapevine, as they say, that his daughter had been violated um, in one of the worst ways possible. It's gotten back to her dad. And he's waiting to go off, if that's what he's going to do. He's waiting, that's what he means by his, holding his peace, until his sons uh, come in from the field. So I guess sort of back up, maybe. Let's see. Excuse me. Then Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. So now... The attacker's dad has gone out to meet with the victim's dad. And the sons of Jacob came in front in from the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved and very angry because he'd done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, a thing which ought not to be done. So look how that's even being characterized. It's being characterized as disgraceful among their own people, not disgraceful in general, not horrible period, but disgraceful in among their people. You shouldn't be doing that if you're one of them um, or, and not to one of them. So I guess they wouldn't necessarily have any problem with societal sexual assault. I don't know. Um, but besides that, um, how are they already saying uh, the disgraceful thing in Israel? He just got that name Israel. So how is it they're all of a sudden saying in Israel, like, I don't, I don't get that. It, that. I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense. And besides that, um, the brothers seem more grieved and angry about it than the daddy does, which seems to me speaks to his character. But let's keep reading. Maybe he is. Um, but Hamor spoke with them saying, the soul of my son Shechem. Oh, sorry scroll to the next page by accident. Um, let's see. Okay. Um, was back, um, okay, here it is. But Hamor spoke with them saying, the soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife. Does that make the situation better that your son is horny for his daughter. So he's saying, please go ahead and let him have her. He's already taken what he wanted from her. And now he's saying he wants to be able to do that regularly. And he's telling the father that, look at what kind of times people are in. That's disgusting. But it is what it is. So he's saying that's what makes up for it, that his son really wants your daughter. And make marriages with us, give your daughters to us, and take our daughters to yourselves. So again, like property, they're saying, hey, you can let us have your women, we'll have, and you can have ours. What's the big deal? Go ahead, let's swap. Sick. 
So you shall dwell with us and land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it and acquire possessions for yourselves in it. They're saying, go ahead, this is our way. You can do what you want with the women, trade them like that, and you can get, move all your stuff here and get rich. He's a, and he sees that he's already got plenty of riches already. But he's saying, go ahead and come here. You, let us have get our hands on your kids and you can have our daughters um, and we'll make family. We'll, make, we'll become rich and even bigger. And Shechem said to her father and her brothers, let me find favor in your eyes and whatever you say to me, I will, he will give. So now he's saying, let me make it up to you what my, my son oh, doing that to your sister. Uh, let me make it up to you by letting you name your price. It's just sick, really, really sick. And yet churches don't call out any of this. Ask me what he's saying, ask him ever so much dowry and gift and I will, and he will give according to what you say to him. But uh, give, it, give me the young woman as a wife, just disgusting. So he's saying, name your price, just give me your daughter. He's already, again, his son has already done what he wanted to to her. And now he's sent, now his father's gone ahead of him to say, let me go ahead and keep doing what I want to to her. Just name your price. And also, you can go ahead and have the women that are in our neighborhood too. It's really disgusting. But the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, and spoke deceitfully because he defiled Dinah, their sister. So, uh, the brothers um, aren't with it. They aren't going to go ahead and go along with it like their dad might and go along and get along. They decided to hatch a plan. They made an agreement with um, with the attacker and the family of the attacker and the village neighborhood of the attacker because it seems they're acting as a community. And they said to them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister one, to one who is uncircumcised for that would be a reproach to us. So they're saying they can't they say they draw the line there. They can't be giving their daughter, the women of their family, to people who aren't circumcised. Meaning we're going right back to that interest in human sexual sexuality and reproduction again. The same thing from Genesis at the very beginning. We're in Genesis still. Remember that this is the very first book of the Bible. And we've already had surgeries introduced and the surgeries are all are so far related to sexuality, whether it's the circumcision or the surgery that Adam underwent to create Eve. Again and again, you see it is an issue. And now they're saying, if you go ahead and have your foreskin removed, because that's what circumcision is, um, then we'll go ahead and let you have the women in our family, because that's where we draw the line. They don't like uncut. They only want cut. Um, they're saying uncut guys are a reproach to them. They don't like that. But on this condition, we will consent to you if you will become as we are, if every male of you is circumcised. So again, it's almost like a dating app. They're saying they don't want any uncuts. They only want you if you're cut so that you can go ahead and join in their ranks, become family then, if you just go ahead and get that chopped off your weenie. Uh, and they aren't saying anything about well, uh, I guess this is their roundabout way of approaching what was done to their sister. Uh, so they're saying, then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters to us and we will dwell with you and we will become one people. So they're saying, if you get cut, if you get circumcised, then we'll go ahead and join forces with you 
our people will become your people, your people will become our people, will become one people, we'll all be one ha big happy family. Not a word about the what they did to their sister. But if you will not heed us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. So they're saying, calling a daughter, but is, she's really their sister. And they're saying um, they're acting as the fathers uh, of that land of those people, which they are patriarchs and they are her older brothers. But it's not uh, Jacob himself speaking there. So it seems to me maybe they're acting with his actings if they have his authority so but whatever the case may be they're telling the attackers family that side of the deal if you will all be circumcised then we'll make it cool but if you won't that's fine too but if you won't then we're going to take our daughter who you already molested and um and violated we're going to take her and be on our way knowing that that's really what this is all about that he wants to keep doing what he did to her already once and their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. So they're happy with that agreement. They say that's cool. So the young man did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable than all the household of his father. So look how disgusting that editorializing, characterizing, characterization of his of him is. They're saying the rate the attacker is more honorable than the rest of the household of his father. So that means they had to be some pretty terrible people. But what does it say about people willing to make a deal with those people uh, in exchange for their own daughters to receive more of that treatment? That doesn't speak well to the person, the party making the agreement with them, uh, in my opinion. Um, but whatever the case may be, He's like, cool, I'll agree to it. We'll get circumcised. And he went on and got circumcised so that the sooner they get cut, the sooner they can get to those women. And particular to Dinah, the daughter who he's already done what he wanted to. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men of their city saying, so now not only did they um, agree to get circumcised, but now they're convincing all the men in their town and their city to go ahead and get circumcised too. These men are at peace with us. Therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade in it. For indeed, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives and let us give them our daughters. So there's gone back to the town folk, the men, and telling them, these people are cool. They've got plenty of goods and they've got daughters we want to get with. So they're like, go ahead and let them have ours so we can add theirs too. It'll be like fresh blood. It'll be new fish in the plenty of fish pond. Only on this condition will the men consent to dwell with us to be one people if every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised. So they're gone, they've gone back to the men of the city with that as they offer that you can get access to this group of women. And so far, as far as I can tell, really there's just Dinah. There isn't hasn't really been any other daughters or sisters mentioned by name. So are they really doing all of this for Dinah? That doesn't quite make sense. So there must be other daughters that aren't getting mentioned by name, or I guess maybe even his baby mamas are on the table. I don't know. It doesn't make sense that they'd be willing to all get circumcised so they'd have access to one woman. That's crazy. But it's the way the story's written. Um, that they're, I guess, so influenced by their hormones that they're willing to get circumcised even 
to increase their pool. Will not their livestock, their property, and every animal of theirs be ours? Only let us consent to them, and they will dwell with us. So uh, they're coveting. That's what covetousness is. They're looking at what the people who are foreigners among them have and coveting it or claiming ownership for it for themselves, even though it's not theirs, saying that we can get that and make it ours if we do this. So saying if we get circumcised, then in that way we'll become family and be able to get all of that property that they have. And all who went out of the gate of his city heeded Hamor and Shechem, his son. Every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of his city. So um, I guess that means not all the men of Shechem were, but all the males who went out the gate to meet him and agreed to that, the thirsty ones, it seems. Now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain that two of the sons of Jacob Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. So they got them to agree to the circumcision surgery because that's what it is. It's a surgery. So like any surgery, you have to be careful after that to avoid infection and stuff. So there's a recovery time. So while after the men of the city, I guess in their hormonal rage, thirstiness, wanting to get to whatever women were in Jacob's party, all agreed to have, be circumcised while they're recovering from that circumcision. Two of Dinah's brothers um, swooped down on them and slaughtered them, um, the males, it says, of the city. And they killed Hamor and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and went out. So it's like they're uh, Robin Hood or Three Musketeers or something. They've swashbuckled their way in, killed all the males who were recovering from the crotch surgery, the circumcision, and rescued their sister, who we don't know how long she was there being treated. We don't know how by... Uh, the men who took her with agreement from her family. A really, really sick situation, especially for Dinah, really sick, but at least she got rescued by her brothers. Um, and she and they went out. Uh, the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. So after they killed the guys of the city, and rescued their sister. Then they went back over the people who they killed and looted them, taking basically anything of value that they could. And um, just like looting in modern times, when people get feel violated and respond with looting because the 1% don't feel it unless you do, it seems. Um, so the um, they went and looted. They took their sheep, their oxen, and their donkeys what was in the city and what was in the field. So that's what their looting was. It wasn't a Louis or a Birkin. It was the sheep, the ox, and the donkeys, stuff that actually could sustain you. Um, I mean, and I guess in modern times, those bags can sustain you if you had the right hustle to be able to swap them out for cash that can sustain you. Um, but that's what they did. They took the livestock and um, all their wealth, all their little ones and their wives, they took captive and they plundered even all that was in their in the houses. 
So now that does that seem right to you? Does that seem and where's God? Why hasn't God spoken out? Why hasn't the God who's had conversations with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob uh, directly, according to the narratives, why hasn't he spoken out? Why didn't he intervene at some point with Dinah for Dinah? Why the silence? Whatever the case may be. Um, now the victims have become the uh, the the what is it the hunted have become the hunters. They've killed off all the males there and looted their camp, looted their town, took what they wanted, including people, which are not property, but let you know uh, in the Bible, the women, their property, and they took them captive. You think they're going to treat them any better than their sister Dinah got treated? Probably not. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you've troubled him by making him obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Parasites. And since I'm few in number, they'll gather themselves together against him and kill him. He shall be destroyed, his household and him. So if you've read me before, you know why I read it as I read it. It's not gospel, one. And for two, I wouldn't want to be saying those things about myself to be speaking them into existence. It's a, if you haven't read with me before, check out Matthew 12, 37. Jesus makes it kind of clear about the energy of the things you say and what happens with them. There's a consequence to them in a nutshell. Um, but you can still make sense of it if you're reading along with me what he's saying. He's terrified that it's going to affect him. Nothing about his daughter still, who was violated. Nothing about that at all. Um, said it's about him and his safety and his backside. The same, it makes sense when he's the prodigy of um, what his forefathers did by letting their wives pass for their sisters so that they could be safe. Cowardly behavior by modern standards, but not condemned by God, God according to the Old Testament, not condemned by God at all. And here again, no mention of Dinah, the victim at all, but instead he's worried about his reputation with the people of the land and what that's going to mean for him and that they might swoop down on him and kill him. What a dad. He should get father of the year. He's not, he hasn't, doesn't seem pressed at all on what his daughter has gone through. But they said, should he treat our sister like a harlot? So the brothers have more heart than the father does. They're saying, He's treating her like a hoe. Worse than that, because he's not even offering to pay her. He's willing to pay y'all. So, like, I guess technically it is treating her, pimping her. So the brothers are more outraged by what they did, to, what he did to their sister than the dad is, and they're wondering, well, what's the alternative? Let them do this to 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 her. Do let the women be treated that way. And again, how is it that he, he gets? the hero role how does jacob get called get to be the hero in this whole saga abraham isaac and jacob jacob in particular because that's where the whole israel and all that comes from how does he get to be the hero when he has actions like this under his belt whatever the case may be that's how the narrative goes and we just ended the narrative for this chapter. I appreciate you checking it out with me and hope it was a blessing for you as always. It's Wednesday, so as you know, or maybe don't, we randomly read in the Old Testament on, um, I'm sorry, we read the Old Testament at random times 
on Mondays and Wednesdays, and we focus on the Gospels or what Jesus has to say, because it turns out what Jesus has to say isn't the whole Bible. What Jesus has to say isn't only six books of the entire Bible. Six, a tenth, a tithe of the entire Bible is what Jesus has to say. So if you're a Christian, why wouldn't you have that as your treasure of what the Bible has for you? So that's what we focus on. And for me, it's basically called Red Letter Christi Christianity. It means letting the red letters, the things, quotes attributed to Jesus be your guide. Um, so that's what we focus on on Saturday nights. Feel free to join me for those. We uh, on if you're if you see if you're curious about past readings, you can see them on this platform. Or if you're an adult, you can see them on my website. It's hungtgirl.com. You can click on the links on the left and see uh, on the spirit and soul pages. You can see more about the readings here of the Naked Truth. You can get a membership, you can make a donation, or just enjoy the free content of the site. All of the above are very much appreciated. I thank you for them. My mouth is dry. <laughs> but um, I hope you'll join me again. Um, I put the Zoom link there on for the Naked Truth on the Saturday night readings if you want to join me for those live as they go. Um, or you can see the archives of them there also. Um, I think that's about it. I hope you have a great and blessed new year. It's almost upon us. It's just a few days away. So God willing, it's a good one. Stay safe. Wear your hand or wear your mask. Wash your hands. Love your neighbor. God bless you and peace to you. See you next time. Thanks.